All right, guys, welcome back to the Killer Kaiju podcast, episode 13. It's a good number. We've been flying through these films, pun intended, for those who have seen this film. Uh, <laughs> and I'm very happy to be here. As always, it's Lucas. And me, Josh. I'm here. He's here as well, as always. I'd hope so. I, I don't want to do it alone. <laughs> but I have watched this movie a lot on my own, that's for sure. Um, this is one of those films that I... Uh, I watched briefly as a kid and because one of my, like the one guy's house I always went to, family friend who always had the films, um, he liked to watch this one and I thought it was super cool, but it was also one of the darker movies. So um, they were kind of iffy on whether I should watch it or not, but obviously at his house, I was just able to watch it anyway. Um, but it was really hard to find a release of this for the longest time, but the English dub one they had was awful. So when I got the English dub as a kid, I didn't like it. Uh, that being said, when I picked up the the Showa collection, the the remastered ones, the Criterion collection, this was the first movie I watched, and wow, it aged so well. It's still great, but uh, the last movie we did was probably the the worst Godzilla movie. Second and we're, worst, yeah, okay, second worst. This one I think follows through with the W, but in a different way. This is a I'd say the weirdest Godzilla film. Uh, and that's for a good reason. I mean, we're weird and we're awesome, right? So is weird Godzilla movie has to be good. I patch man. I patch man. No, man. At this point, he's uh he's not gonna be around until uh probably the Heisei era. I think he's done for the Showa era now. Blast he was kind of I think he kind of retired at this point from acting, and I I could be wrong. I'll check while we get into this film um and see where he does next, but he does make a couple appearances oh no he was supposed to make an appearance in the heisei series that's right um he passed away um early 80s late 70s i believe hmm. um, but we'll go right down to the nitty-gritty and find that out um, but that being said folks podcast slash commentary you can listen to our little fun facts and listen along and have a good time or if you have the film english or non the original as well uh, the time doesn't change too much so feel free to watch along with us if you'd like with the timestamp provided on the video or with the countdown we provide audio wise uh with that being said we are watching godzilla versus hedera or hedora or if you're watching the english one godzilla versus the smog monster which is <laughs> an equally less Exciting, I still like it. Name. It's okay. The smog monster. It sounds more horror movie like, so I think that's where like it appeals to me. Yeah, and I you think know, like honestly, this movie has uh the most deaths in any in. Godzilla film. So <laughs> we're gonna dive right into this horror, weird, acid, trippy '70s film, and uh let's get started. So on the count of three, three, two, one, and we'll start the counter for you guys as well. Here we go. Also, I'm just going to state, if anyone hears some weird bird noise, my cat found her uh, toy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, yeah. Cat the one play. questionable thing, uh, and it uh -huh. comes right off the bat to us here. Um, the one thing people tend to not like about this film is the music. Um, obviously, it's not um, our usual composer doing the score for this one. We're back um, in Hamilton. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Sorry. Yeah, well, this one, like I said, it tries to go back to the original Godzilla bit, making it a little darker and have, like, a deeper meaning. Uh, and in this one, rather than atomic and nuclear power, this one focuses more on pollution, because that was a huge problem, obviously, at the time. Um, and the director of this was a one-shot director. He obviously worked within Toho, 
but um, this was his first time directing. And we get an opening here with the creature peering up through the water. That's actually a really creepy shot. I remember I really the, like Hedora. That's a yeah. nice name. Like that's a rad name. Hedora. Hedora is pretty cool. It literally means uh, sludge Godzilla is what it translates to, I believe. <laughs> so sludgezilla is what it, yeah. Because Gojira, Hedora, it's like just sludge. <laughs> I like the opening we get here with like the, the blood splotches in the background. And this song is a banger. <laughs> the song for this. I mean, the, the soundtrack, by the way, when I say I don't like the score, I like the score. Um, I just find in some moments it doesn't fit with the tone, but it adds to the weirdness of the film. So it's kind of nice. I bet you nice. listen to this while you're in the shower. I listen to this all the time, bro. I listen to this banger. so much I don't have time to shower. <laughs> <laughs> uh but this song that like gets in, uh, forgets to shower just this song out. pops out a lot throughout this film uh the name of the song is return the sun um it's performed by mari kiko the honey nights and moon drops but it is um the lyrics are done by Yoshi yoshimitsu bano who is the director of this film uh but i think the saves the earth is the or save the earth is the title in america I forgot you told me Bono directed this. Yeah, <laughs> I find it funny because it's very similar to Bono's name from U2, obviously, but it's, it's spelled differently. It's like if you were to say it with an American accent, it'd be Bano, but it's B-A-N-N-O. So it would be pronounced Bono. Um, obviously, in like Japanese, that's how they pronounce it. Um, I find this intro is really cool. The visuals remind me of like the earlier Bond films, and that always comes up in conversation with this. I was thinking that as well. That. They had the one female lead with like the silhouette look with the cool trippy acidy bloods in the background. Got that very James Bond feel. Uh, so yeah, you, as you can tell, this is very much based off pollution. The lyrics, the, what, the visuals we've seen so far. Um, and part of that has to do with um, Bono when he first started. Um, he used to do films for filming whales and stuff like that. And he did like underwater diving and did all sorts of filming of like wildlife. So of course he was a good bet to direct something like this right something that involves big creatures because he's used to filming man like mammals and actual animals in their habitats he did lots of scuba videos and stuff before this um and during those periods he would see a lot of you know pollution whether it be water air depending on where he was and obviously it takes a toll and i think that was your initial drive to make that the concept for this movie I so i like how we have another kid collection. yeah he's got a great you can look in the background you see baragon Ghidorah. there's even an ultraman he's got all in the top left there I want like a Dora. That thing's rad. So I find it interesting because, you know, in the last one uh, with uh, Achiro in Godzilla's Revenge, it was based outside of Godzilla continuity, but he had toys. But I like how there's still toys in this one, but this one is set in the continuity of Godzilla. Yeah. So, I mean, like at this point, was Japan making toys of their destroyer? Maybe. <laughs> That's a little weird and creepy, no? I mean, technically also we would have like, it's like having a toy of like, you know, I don't know, Hitler or something. I mean, not to that extent, but. These guys must have uh, money. They got a saltwater tank. Those things ain't cheap. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Well, you'll find out too, uh, the the child here, his parents, his mother, I believe, is a teacher. We find it later, but her profession's not important. But the father is actually a marine biologist of sorts. He's a professor. So he studies aquatic life and fish. So it makes sense that he'd have a fish tank in his house like that and. So we open up here. One of the fishermen comes in. Obviously, he's probably a family friend because, you know, he's a fisherman. He probably wants to know a good biologist. And he brings him this gross looking. It looks like a, a goby for those who know what gobies are. I was it thinking looks the like exact a, same thing. A goby tadpole-esque big black slug thing. 
And he said that he found it where they usually catch all their shrimp, but there was no shrimp, only this. So he has a feeling that, you know, the bays are getting worse and worse. And like, is that the pollution or is that a creature causing this? That's the real a little question. of both. Yeah, I would say. And the monster maybe is the pollution cause potentially. I like this shot too. They're all sitting around the TV and we get the first shot of some destruction that Hedera causes here. It's a nice miniature break. I think it looks really good. The special effects on this one, I really like. I think there's a lot of good moments in it. Um, same difference for this one. Um, at this point, as we talked about last time, uh, Subaraya, our last uh, special effects director, has now officially passed as the last movie was in memorial to his name using past footage from other films. But this is the first film where we get a fresh um, special effects director. And the special effects director for this film is uh, Nakano. Um, I, I believe he does other films after this. Um, he's worked on past films as well, but he was like the first assistant. So he was like Subarai's assistant um, for a lot of the earlier films that we watched, like Destroy All Monsters, um, Ever a Horror of the Deep, Invasion of Astro Monster, going back all the way to Mothra versus Godzilla. And even uh, he was second, I think, second assistant for King Kong versus Godzilla. So he's been in the business a long time. And with this film, this is his first time where he gets to be the official director of special effects. He's given the crown to say. And uh, he does, I think, the remainder of these films. Uh, I know for sure he does the next two. Um, and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Oh, yep, he does the next. Yep, so he pretty much does the rest of the Showa era and he does the first Heisei film. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. I mean, he does great work. It's no wonder they kept him around. I, I think that he has a different style than Subaraya. Um, I think Subarai went for more of like a uh, a quirky kind of like a very miniaturesque, like it had a feel to it. You know what I mean? Always when you saw Subarai's work, like all the old films, I find this one tries to add a little more realism to it. And sometimes it falls a little flat when they look a little cheap, but when it pulls off, it's great in these films, I find. So far, it's looked really good and diff definitely different, but I I've enjoyed the different. And here like, you can uh, see uh, different angles. Yeah, here you get the, it's a shot of his dad swimming under the water because they've went to the pier to see what they can find. And, you know, because he's the biologist, he's got to figure out what's wrong with the fish. Dead. And this is where Bono's history of scuba diving, filming and stuff like that comes into play. That's, I think that's why he decided to do this underwater scene because he had the experience doing it. And it's the first time I think in a Godzilla film, we actually get underwater footage. Usually it's just like uh, filtered over, like we talk about with Ever a Horror of the Deep and stuff like that. But this was underwater filming because... He had the crew and the experience to do it, right? Uh, I remember this scene really being creepy to me as a kid, because obviously when you're a kid, you're relating to the kid characters, right? And yep. this poor kid, his dad goes into the water and he's left on the shore of this and there's just dead animals and crustaceans all over. He's cracking clams and there's nothing to be seen. And of course, the monster emerges out of the water here. Yeah, I'd be shitting. So it leaps at him. And I like this. It's like a free willy moment. Oh. <laughs> he just holds the knife he has up and it cuts through it. <laughs> now, a lot of people think like there's a weird error because it jumps over him. It would have landed on the land, right? Yeah. But it swam away. Oh, what? what? So it's a okay. little. I mean, I might just be trying to help the film a little too much here. But in my opinion, maybe it meant when he, he covers his eyes and you see the knife drop he maybe went into shock and like we were being from his, his angle, you know what I mean? So like he was in shock, so he didn't see the monster. He just 
did that, went into shock. And then when he wakes up from his moment, he, the monster's already gone. Um, that might be giving it too much credit. It could have just been an error in continuity and too much to film it crawling back into the water. But um, I think that was maybe what it could be uh, interpreted as. But I still don't like underwater scenes. I can't. I don't like this at all. You're it's good. It's a really good filming job. Like, it reminds me a lot of Jaws. The intro to Jaws. It's a fish. Yeah. I don't know. If it was that polluted and stuff, I, and he's got nothing protecting his face, I'd be a little worried swimming around in that water. I'd be shitting. But see how he, like, hides behind the rock? Like, this is all really well done stuff. That's the only scene I think this stuff isn't actually underwater. I think this is filtered. Or it could be. I could be wrong. They may have <laughs> shot it in the tank. Uh, what do you think of those eyes on that creature, though? It's kind of weird. Get that looking. pan up. Right? Um, and as weird as it is, it, I mean, it totally makes sense. But, um, and this comes from the man's words, Bono himself. Uh, the eyes were actually modeled after vaginas. Lol. And now that you see that, you can totally get it. I just want to say, though, the acting at this kid, his acting, top-notch. I actually really enjoy the acting. He's a lot better than Ichiro. Like, he has that kind of, you know, he's worried about his dad. He's just screaming out for him because it's past the time, and his dad could be, you know, he's dead, maybe, potentially. You even see the tears start to dribble down. Like, good acting. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to find child actors that can pull off a good performance, let alone for the budget this movie probably had, <laughs> which I can provide. I, the budget for this film uh, was uh, 300 million yen, which is honestly not that much. I, I, I heard, though, that it was less, and Bono had kept going back to ask for more budget, and they gave it to him, which was really surprising because they didn't do that for the last one. They were really strict on it, right? So obviously here we know, see that the father survived because he's at home now. They kind of do a jump to this and his face is fucked up. <laughs> but again, good special, good practical effects. Like that looks like his face has been corroded. Like it looks realistic. If anyone's seen uh, any type of acid burns or anything like that, like it looks like he's had some kind of uh, reaction to some radiation. Like it looks brutal. It's just pretty much, I mean, like, it doesn't all fact look like silver paint, kind of, but they, they use some kind of, like, um, I, I got a dear I say it, latex <laughs> on his face briefly just to give it a little more texture and bump to it. So they could have how used many used of anything. them are. So. Is there more Hedoras than one? Um, yeah, I mean, as we dive more into Hedora's creature factor the, what, and what he can do, um, there could definitely be the chances of them being more. See what I mean by the movies being really creative? We get these stop animation kind of commercial little pollution messages. I like it. It's interesting. Really cool. There's a couple of those throughout the movie. It's a very artsy, bizarre film. And here we get our main hero here. This one, he's very much treated like a hero. Um, as you can tell, like with uh, Ken, I believe his name is here, our kid in this movie. He's very... Um, yeah, Ken Yano. He's very forward to Godzilla and like loves him. So obviously he's going to be our protector in this film. We even get him over the that hero shot of the hero walking over the sun, <laughs> which I think maybe is why they changed his theme to be a little more uplifting and not as menacing. 
for better or for worse. I don't mind the music, but I, I do find it, it seems a little out of Godzilla's territory. But I think for this film, it works. Yeah, I don't mind it so far. It's all right, eh? But you can definitely tell there's a lot of like subliminal messaging or like issues, like world issues, pollution in this movie. Like that was definitely what it was aiming at. And this was came out in the seven in 1970, right? So you're getting kind of that. Oh, this came out in 72. Nope, 71. Okay, I'm not that wrong. I think I have on our page that says 1970 here. Uh, so I'm just gonna quickly change Fail. 71. <laughs> Sorry, folks, I'm bad at typing. So it came out in 1971, the Americanized version a year later. Um, that being said, though, it's the 70s. So, like, there was a lot of, like, the hippie revolution, you know what I mean? And, like, there was a lot of anti-war messaging and peace trying to happen during this time period. So they definitely kind of take an angle at that as well. Um, and it will be really shown that a bit, literally in moments. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. It'll give us something to discuss and fact-wise when it comes to that. So here we kind of get Ken's like, um, he's pretty much, they're coming over subtitles over the screen, but this is like his dream that he's seeing. And uh, he's talking about all the pollution and how Godzilla's mad about all the pollution. So at this point, we're kind of supposed to believe that Ken has some kind of psychological connection with Godzilla. And I, that's not uh, played in the plot at all, but it's almost like he does, or he's just, you know, such a Godzilla fan that he believes he will be there to help. So either way, how you take it, I take it in kind of a, He's like had a telepathic link with Godzilla in some weird way. I, I like this movie because it's quirky. But so this Godzilla suit here is actually the son of Godzilla suit only because it's in the water scenes. Everything uh -huh. else after this will be a new suit. But they just use that suit because they didn't want to wreck it in the water trying to save on that budget. So I, I that's one thing you'll notice. Even the, the previous scene when he was walking in the sunset, that suit looked new. But then when it flashes to the dream sequence, it's the son of Godzilla suit, which is our least favorite Godzilla suit so far. Anyway, see, we kind of got an eye patch, man. The father with his own <laughs> eye and face bandaged up. Sorry, I'm just paying attention. Oh, I'm yeah, no, this is a good it. one. Yeah, Josh is definitely going to be eyes glued to this one. This is a really strange, dark, gritty and funny movie. This is just a wild ride. This one. I absolutely love it. So as you can see, he put that creature from earlier into the light, and now it's all dried up and cracking. So we're already starting to see maybe a, a possible weakness to the creature. But obviously, this is just like a little tadpole version of him. So, so that's kind of giving your answer to earlier where there could be multiple, because this little tadpole was like an offspring, like a piece of him that could live. And as our little biologist does his tests here, we'll learn that there's a little more to that. I like this scene a lot. The, the dad's up late working. The wife comes in, bitches at him like, you know, this is too late. You need to rest. Stop your working. Especially All that. Hurt. Yeah, exactly. Right. He really should be getting his rest. He's got half a face at this point. But now we find out that the tadpole is really a mineral like rocks or diamonds. So that means hmm. whatever it is. And then the kid walks in too. Like how late it is. Everyone's now hanging out. I just find it kind of comical. And he comes in, and obviously this is supposed to be him coming in telling them the dream sequence we just saw, saying that Godzilla is going to come clobber Hedera and save it, and save the day, essentially. So whether it's wishful thinking or he may have a little bit of, you know, forward sense, because uh, not to spoil too much, but as you get further in the Godzilla films, um, 
psychics tend to start to take a real heavy toll on how the film drives, uh, like the Shobajin, right? The twins. And that was kind of their way of talking about the Shobajin's history later in the Heisei series, especially because um, the telepathic abilities come into a great play when communicating with the monsters and predicting their attacks. So I wonder if really Ken here is the first real jab into that universe for us in the Showa series. Oh, that's one thing that's not really talked about a lot because it's very much an underplot of him being able to communicate with Godzilla like that. But I wonder if this was really the, the first initial cog to start things rolling to have that idea. Oh, so they regenerate. Yeah, Sorry. and they group together. I was like, what is this? That's a really cool shot, eh? Of the uh, the tadpoles joining together like that. Yeah. Now, I thought for days on how they did that because obviously there's no computer-generated effects or anything yet. Now, the only way I could assume is they had a camera and they put a tadpole, one tadpole in the, the jar. And what they did was they watched it swim around. They didn't move the camera. And then they waited until a moment when the tadpole swam from the right to the middle and the left to the middle. And then they put those two films together and then they cut the left one. So then it just shows the one swimming away, which is just the original. That or, or it's a shadow, like a like an overlay. And it's just, they're not actually tadpoles. It's just a shadow. I think it's just the same like video and they drew it on. Yep. Yeah. You know, Actually, you like, know, that's probably more accurate. Now I'm like looking at it. Drew it on, right? Because like the way it moves, you could just move it slightly each one and it's like stop motion, but they're just drawing directly on the film. You know what? You probably nailed it too, because that's they already have experience with that with all the animated shorts doing that kind of thing already. They probably were just like, hey, well, they had the guy in doing the animated shorts in between. Hey, can you do this quick little tadpole like art piece just to be like, you know, conjoining out and then they just relay it over the film because the water doesn't have to move forward. Yeah, it, it would have been quick. It's just a little smudge of black marker, right? A little black ink. Exactly. <laughs> so he wouldn't or be that literally hard just to do. move. They might have just used one film and then just erased it and then kept doing it. Yeah, yeah, that, that is very true. You know, it's funny though, for as much as this movie's kind of like shoved off to the side, I feel like this movie set the ground for so many future movies. Like, even if you're talking about the newest ones, like Shin Godzilla and stuff, like there's still like the and the progressive, like you know, level one, level two of the monster and the monster keeps leveling up and becoming different things. Like, I feel like that's a really cool strategy used in monster flicks that wasn't used a lot in these movies until now. Because most of our monsters were just the way they were, right? Like Mothra starts at a larva form and turns into a butterfly, but that's just kind of expected. You know what I mean? But this is a creature that slowly develops the more it consumes essentially. So here's when we really get dropped into the 70s. <laughs> I so was honestly the, just about to be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so we get flashed over to this nightclub here. Um, and this is where we're introduced to two new main characters that are part of the family here. So we have the father and the wife and their son, Ken. And uh, this is Ken's uncle. So this is uh, their her brother, the wife's brother. And his girlfriend is the one dancing on the table right there. That's why he's at the club with her. But uh, it's the 70s, so he's having a good time. <laughs> and so is everyone else. I like the the skin colored suit that the girls got on. Then ironically, it's got the clam like over. Her I was thinking I think the that's same funny. Thing. I, I just think that's funny. Makes me think of like Barnacle Boy and Mermaid Man. <laughs> I do love this song, though. It's a great tune. It's got like a nice calm build up to it. And then it just really gets going and uh, it gets jiggy with it, if I might say. And the classic wall of all the reflective silver ball mirrors. Like you can see that at almost every nightclub in the 70s. 
<laughs> Great. I love this song. So obviously <laughs> we've only seen Hedera on in the water now, but as he's consumed all these fish, he's grown as we can see the size of him now in comparison to that trailer. He's getting chunky. So, yeah, now he can come up on land. What do you think of the suit so far as it's slowly growing? I, I didn't like it as, at first, but it's definitely getting better. Yeah, and I, I think that has to do with his like levels of getting better and better. He's almost supposed to be treated like a joke at first because they're like, oh, it's just a tadpole. What could it ever do? It's just this blob. But now it's becoming clearly something much more threatening, and I kind of like how they approach that. Other than now, every time I see it, I can't stop thinking about the eye fact. Yeah, well, that's why they 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 shaped them like that, almost to have that uh, that little uh, I guess hidden meaning, and like supposed to like you know cause people to have like complexes. And it's I don't know who knows what the real reason was for it, but uh, he's smoking. Yeah, how do you how do you feel for the suit actor right now inhaling all that smoke? That's, that's not like yeah, I didn't think about that one. Yeah, he's got his head right over it. All that smoke seeping into the suit that is not hoof rough. <laughs> maybe they just like set it up and then didn't have an actor in it and just put like a fan in i'd hope so but it's moving <laughs> uh one interesting fact i don't know if it's with this suit but as hetero gets bigger and bigger in its final form um the suit was so heavy because obviously they just kind of it looks like they just used blankets and then put the rubber and the silicone over top of it right yeah that's essentially what it looks like the suit weighed so much that the suit actor himself couldn't walk in the suit. They had to have wires attached to him as well to help keep the suit stable while he moved. <laughs> so he kind of just shuffles around. There's not a lot of like fast running or moving, which I think is the other smart idea and why they made him have multiple forms because that way he could get around different with the different forms he has, like in the water or as we'll see, you know, other forms later on when he like moves through the sky. They should have like put him in a wheelchair. Unlike most Godzilla films, though, you know, 20 minutes in, we've already got a Godzilla fight happening here. That's not bad. Very surprising. Right? Like, they were really trying to, I think, really take the feeling of the first movie and combine it with the action and the fun of the Showa series further on. And I think for what they could have done, Bono did all right. I think he gets shot on a little bit, especially by Tanaka. So, obviously, Tanaka, co-creator of Godzilla, producer of all these films, he... uh at this time, he was sick, so he actually was going to the hospital to get better, and he was resting, um, and he had hired Bono because he saw other stuff at short films at a short film festival he did, and he's like, yeah, you know, I like your style. Would you be willing to do this Godzilla film since you already work under Toho, et cetera, et cetera? So he did this movie, <laughs> and uh, we'll get more onto why Tanaka hates Bono, but there is a lot of reasonings, and there's a lot of behind-the-scenes hate between Bono and Tanaka over this film. And as each moment pops up, I'll definitely point it out to you guys. But right now, we're getting Hidora and Godzilla just smacking each other, and <laughs> Godzilla oh. sticks his arm right through him. Brutal. Yeah, and like a lot of people say this movie is aimed at kids, but at the same time, it's really dark and brutal, and I'm like, I don't know. But... Like, this is a perfect example of this film. This is a comedic moment. He's spinning him around here, right? Like, it's very silly. It's supposed to be kind of funny. So we're kind of having a good time. And it cuts to these guys, <laughs> and they're gambling. And you just see the sludge hitting their window. Like, what the hell? This looks like shit. Well, then this big chunk of Hedorah flies off as Godzilla's spinning him. And it flies through the window at the guys. 
and we're thinking, oh, you might sludge them up a bit, right? Yeah, I thought so. Watch what happened to these guys. They're like, eat them. They're dead as hell. Yeah. There's just a pile of dead bodies and sludge. <laughs> so see how they, and then they cut the score to be like really set it in. So it was like really happy and then really negative. I like the contrast in these films a lot. So here's one of the reasons we're about to see one of the reasons Tanaka was mad at Bono. So before T Tanaka went to the hospital, he decided to check in at the studio one last time to see how things were going, you know, see how Bono was doing. And he happened to walk in at this scene. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So <laughs> our one uh, uh, protagonist here, he looks up after he's been drinking something clearly in his drink. And all the dancers and the people at the club all have fish heads. <laughs> he's just tripping balls. And Tanaka walked in, saw it, and walked out. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> and I think at that moment, he's like, "I, ah, you know what? I can't stop it at this point. I'm just going to leave. I don't want to be a part of this party. Yeah. <laughs> There's some more stop motion down the stairs. Yep. You know what? I don't think that's stock motion. I think it's just a puppet and then they poured slime down and they're pulling it down a miniature set of the stairs. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Because the railing even looks a little like flimsy when it's moving it's up. It's just so like, it like look at going up, right? So it's definitely a puppet. Yeah. 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 But here we get a really sad shot in a minute. They would not get away with it today. Little kitty covered in the sludge. Save Poor little cat. kitten. Right? And I always wondered why that shot was there. Um, there's rumors, too, that people have been like, uh, I've seen it in a lot of interviews where they were supposed to be something that happened with the cat. Like, why didn't the cat die when it got covered in the sludge? And apparently, like, it was supposed to relate to um, Hadora only being able to, like, kill off, like, pollution and, like, essentially, like, bad things, essentially. So they were trying to say that humans were the virus, you know, and that animals weren't because they weren't causing any harm, but humans are making the pollution. But I'm I just going to be led anywhere. to believe that they're friends. Yeah, there you go. Adora like and the mine. cats are friends. <laughs> they're best pals. Yeah. It's homies. See, I like a lot of these imposed shots here where we get the monsters behind things moving in real life. Like, this is the one time I think the, the blue screen or green screen works right. And they do it because it's in a smoggy set. So it works. You don't see too much contrast from the two uh, pieces of film being spliced together. Because that car wasn't a miniature. That was a, a live uh, set. And then obviously this is a set. And they just splice the two together to make it All seem right, like more got, grounded. We got vagina eyes versus the, the god of all Zillas. Yes. For and now. What do you think of the suit now that we actually get a good look at him and it's not the son of Godzilla one? It's not bad at all. Right? I feel like they all. rounded his face more. Like the, it's a little rounder. But I also find that it, they were trying to go for something more or less intimidating. Because he's supposed to be more heroistic in this one. There's a lot of subtle notices too. Uh, like one thing I definitely noticed when watching this. He just spit like, at him. He spits shit at him. I love that. <laughs> um, you'll notice Ken does a lot of things. Like he, uh, he, put, he rubs his nose all the time. And does things like that. And they blatantly very much stay on those shots. And show you that. Because you'll notice Godzilla does that a lot in this film too. And I think that's only further proving my... Uh, my conspiracy and my point that him and Ken have like a, a like a telepathic connection. Like they're almost similar. Hmm. You'll see Godzilla talk a lot with his hands and his personality in this. Like right there, he was like, come on, bring it. You know what I mean? 
I like it. They Good give him more of a personality. I like the uh, mouth movement. It's pretty like fluent, like how he's just slowly moving it. Yeah, it's not know? just closed and still. And then when he yeah. roars, it's open. It's constantly moving. It's got a movement to it. It reminds me a lot of the Mothra versus Godzilla suit when he broke the nose because it would always move, but that was by accident. This is on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's just frying up Hedera because as you know, like if he dries out, like we saw in the office from earlier. <laughs> See, I like how he almost talks like they're talking. It's I love this movie. It's so interesting. <laughs> it's just too good. And I, I like the the roar, the sound, like it's such a good. And for we talked about the score. Um, it was a little iffy, but you notice right now, no music. They they tend to keep the monster fights quiet. So you can hear the the animalistic noises of the monsters in them. And it almost gives them more time to shine. And to, like Godzilla's doing talk with his body. I like that shot. Godzilla goes to step on him and Hedorah's like, huh, nope, yeet. And he just like. For a second, I thought he kicked them. Flies. No, it does look like a typical Showa gravi gravity defying dropkick. Splash. I love how we get another Godzilla cannonball. <laughs> Anytime there's a Godzilla cannonball, the movie's already an 8 out of 10 for me. I like how the two um, people from the club here just experienced all that. Watched those guys die. They didn't go anywhere. They didn't call the police. They didn't call no one. <laughs> but clearly he was just tripping on acid and she's in no condition to call the cops. So they probably would have thought they Who were crazy believed anyway. Them. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's a good point. And drugs were not obviously legal. So they still aren't. So he would have gotten shit, you know. And he's driving. Don't even ask me while he drove. I mean, probably after he saw what happened, he probably snapped right out of it. Oh, here we get another one of these little cartoon skits. I love these. They always remind me of like weird Sunday early morning skits that you'd have before the cartoons. Where you're always like, whoa, like, you know, you watch those TV shows. You're like, wow, how much acid did they do to make these shows? And then they're like, oh, you see these before those shows? You're like, whoa, this is where they got the acid from. <laughs> the guys that made this skit. <laughs> This is wild this movie's just great it's just i love how it changes up the formula like we always talked especially in the past about how every godzilla film has its own unique kind of feel you know what i mean like everyone is the only two that ever felt similar to me um were destroy all monsters uh and invasion of astro monster even invasion astro monster and Ghidorah the three-headed monster even it was just both about Ghidorah. those felt dramatically different because one was about going to space and the the zilly uh, the Exilians, yeah, exilians, and them like invading and all that. Um, and then the other one was about you know the hypnotized princess about how Ghidorah destroyed their world, so it was a little different. But the the uh, the Keylax and exilians in the invasion of Astro Monster and Destroyal Monsters, it was still the same concept, you know, alien race uses monsters, blackmails Earth. So those are the only two that ever really felt similar to me. I think every other film distinctively stands out on its own. <laughs> doing your godzilla impressions yeah so i like how we have the whole family working together because obviously the the brother and the girl from the club have seen it now the mom the dad who's the biologist who was studying it and got attacked by him and then we have ken who's on godzilla's side but i feel like ken is like the problem solver of this movie those short shorts i know remember we were talking about the shorts i'm like hey they get shorter <laughs> I don't know if they're shorter than uh, Achiro's or not, but they're still short regardless. But I mean, 
in this one, I feel like it still doesn't make sense because they're wearing jackets. Always the shorts and the jackets. Like everyone, like he's got a full suit pants and like three sweaters on. He's got a jacket. Like, why is this kid wearing shorts? He's trying to get a tan on those legs, I guess. I don't know. Bubble, bubble. <laughs> no, I really, I honestly, this is probably, and it might be for nostalgic reasons because like I said, it was, one of those movies that I always wanted to watch and never could get my hands on. So maybe that's why I love it a lot, but I, I do think there's something special about this film. Yeah. I just been paying attention so far. It's been pretty good. Weird, yeah, they, but good. Yeah. Is the see what I mean? Not the worst, but weird. <laughs> well, but I mean, then again, all these movies are weird to me. Yeah. Oh, they good. <laughs> to you. They weird. are weird in general. That's why we love them. Exactly. <laughs> Because there's nothing else like them. You won't get this anywhere else. I mean, unless you're watching like some of the Die stuff and Ultraman and all that, you might get something similar. But uh, this movie was pretty shat on, though. Like it got a pretty low rating on like the what do you think the tomato meter is for this movie so far? Because like the last ones were Godzilla's Revenge. What was that one? It was pretty high, I remember. And I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> I think it was around like 78 or some something. It was like high. That. Yeah. See, this kid's super smart. I mean, he is the son of his dad's biologist, and he's probably trying to, you know, grow up to be like his dad. And evolution says that the offspring's usually smarter and <laughs> always gets better, not worse. Or so we think. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Godzilla's Revenge had a really bad one. It was 25%. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, still, still, I, yeah, it deserves that. What am I even saying? <laughs> uh, this film, though, 58. 58%. So it's technically not recommended. Uh, the audience score is actually lower. It's 49. Uh, so a lot of people have an issue with this movie. And I honestly don't see why. I, it's different, but... I find it's a, it's a film. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like this may have adapted over a period of time. I think when it first came out, it may have been a little more successful. So, yeah, I love the shots of, like, all the metal uh, statues and everything around just it. Just corroding where, away. Yeah, there's a lot of cool shots of destruction in this movie. I think that's where it really gets me. Because obviously, once it hangs out long enough, like the whole town will be smothered in smog, almost like if they keep polluting, you know, the air quality will go down. So that's kind of like, I think, what they're trying to get at there. Obviously, still with having a main link to the, the plot of the story, trying to be like, yeah, we need to be better in this world, you know, something kind of like along those lines. <laughs> we trying, we trying. <laughs> no more TV for you. Nope, no more for you. <laughs> He's like, I'm a grown man. <laughs> Let me do what I want. <laughs> I'm just looking quickly through the... Andromeda Nebula. So yeah, here we learn um, that Hedera isn't actually from Earth. This is where I think they lose me. I think if they kept this out... The fact that they say he's from outer space almost instantly ruins the whole political message or uh, political uh, pollution message. You know what I mean? Because now yeah. it's like, oh, it just kind of showed up and now it's eating. But I know they could say, well, it came to Earth because it sensed the pollution. 
but it came in on a comment. There's no way, you know. I don't it would have been better if they just said that it was created because they polluted, and over time, it, you know, it all came together and created him. Oh, okay. I uh, I've got a. This is a <laughs> roller coaster scene. I love this. Uh, I've got some really cool facts about our uh, actor in the Hedorah outfit in this one because obviously Nakajima is playing Godzilla again. He's the guy who's always Godzilla. It's nice that he's still around doing Godzilla in this one. Because uh, I believe in the in Godzilla's Revenge, some scenes in Son of Godzilla, I remember we were talking, it's a different person. <laughs> I like that cheesy little shot where they're going over the top of the coaster and it does a quick scan over in a freeze frame and they have like a black silhouette of Godzilla. And Ken's like, I see Godzilla. There he is. He's going to fight Hedera. Hedera must be here. And they're like, not on a sunny day like this, silly boy. For now. Yeah. And then I love the soon as the roller coaster stops, the kid just yeets and dips out of there. Bail. And they're like, yeah. nah, leave him. He's fine. There's no keeping up. He's fine. He's a kid. What do you mean? And he just said he saw something scary and he's running. You think you'd be worried? Not a good uncle. I'm going to be a better uncle than that. I got news for you. By the way, I found out as of last night and folks, as we're recording this, that I am going to be an uncle. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> getting off topic. I'll go back to the kaijus, though. Um, so the actor in uh, Hedera's costume is, uh, and you're going to, I think this is going to give Josh one of his new favorite names to say, if he can say it. Uh, Ken Pachiro Satsuma. I just like Ken Pachiro. <laughs> it's a sick name. Ken Pachiro Asuma. Satsuma. Satsuma. Yeah. Ken Pachiro Satsuma. That's a whole tongue twister. Right? And uh, for better or for worse, this is his, he's doing Hedra. I believe this is his first role in uh, Kaiju. Um, I think this is his first role doing it. But then he goes on to play our Godzilla after Nakajima. So it's really cool that he's doing the villain and working with Nakajima. And then when Nakajima steps down, Satsuma or Kenpachiro Satsuma uh, comes in to take over the Godzilla role. So it's almost like a passing of the torch because he had to go through hell filming this. So, oh no. So Hedora started flying over now and you can see there, they can't even breathe. He's grown to such a mass and inhaled so much pollution. He just has to fly near people now and they literally start dying. So he's getting stronger, and at this point, it's threatening the livelihood of the entire city, let alone the country. It's basically radioactive at this point. Yeah, and see, that's where I feel like it adds, like, you know, in the first Godzilla, it was, like, everyone dying from all this radiation and all these issues, and it showed the lines of the bodies of all the radiation sickness. And then this one, we just get people dying from pollution and poisoning, and I, it's very similar, and I, I get where... Uh, Bono was trying to bring that back because that was what was so moving about the first film. But then he blends these comedic, silly aspects to keep up with the Showa era and to bring kids still into the theater because kids were still the main um, holders for tickets at cinemas. Yeah, I mean, I could see time. that. Godzilla is always going to be an attraction to kids, right? This is like... one of my favorite special effects in the Showa series. It's not the greatest, but I love how it's done. So you see the sludge come out of their car and they bail out of the car, roll, and then dip, and the car's pulled back, and then it zooms back to this shot of Hedera just, like, tentacling out, dragging all these cars into itself. I just love the shot. I thought it was so iconic, and it's always stuck in my mind. 
for a second. Really I thought shot. he was smoking to the uh, to the right side. Oh, the smoke building. Yeah, it looked like he had a cigarette or something. I'm like, oh, this guy I think is they they mainly added that in the foreground so that way it wouldn't look as much like a set. So they'd be like, oh, this is actually in the street they were just in. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yo, look at flies. Ken. He's got the endurance of a madman. He's been running this whole time. He's running to the school to get his mom. That's what he's doing. I would assume. So here we get when I was talking about, see, they use Hedera's flying form. Like it's almost like a UFO stingray looking thing. Um, I feel like they definitely designed this because the suit was too hard to move. I feel like that was the main reason for this form. And also the fact it could fly over the cities and cause people to get ill. <laughs> What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you see that shot of him punching the camera like that? I liked it. I instantly think of like, late 80s early 90s like hard rap video you know what i mean i was thinking that too yeah <laughs> like or, an uh, nwa type thing where they're like all over down over the camera like, like the friday after next friday yeah you just got knocked out <laughs> this is a cool scene so now we get instant death like they just drop and then we get the cool fade scene of them literally deteriorating damn that'd be a pretty shitty death yeah and then it's a good thing ken arrived late because look what he arrives to Literally just bones left, and like you can see their remains slathered all over the pavement. It's a gruesome film, eh? And it's a kid seeing that. It's not like it's even one of the other characters. Like, so kids who are watching this are putting themselves in his shoes and they see that. This is one scene. This is the only scene in this movie I don't like. So it flies through it. Cool. But Nothing then happens. as we see the destruction of the building, there's no sound. Oh. Okay, cool. Because I was like, what, what's happening? It's like, here? why didn't you, you could have just crinkled some tin foil or like hit a box, anything. There's no sounds. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if they meant to do that or maybe it was an audio file that got corrupted in the processing, like the post. I don't know. I just, I, that's the only thing I don't like. <laughs> wow, doesn't this look familiar watching this now? <laughs> we see one of the animated shorts, everyone's walking around with masks on. And oh, they're all, like, dude. staying safe. And then when they turn and take the masks off, they appear dead. They should have used this as a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> to, to promote the, the, the safety and unsafety of the coronavirus. Exactly. <laughs> Which, depending on when you're watching this video at the time, that's when this was happening. COVID is currently, uh, it's, it's winding down. It's coming to the end. We've got our vaccines out. So it's getting better. But it's just quinky dink. <laughs> yeah, so here he's obviously he's cleaning him up making sure he's okay i'd be pissed at my brother being like they just left my kid yeah that's fair <laughs> enough that's what i'd be saying well i don't know they but, didn't want to they didn't want to listen to him so like <laughs> so going back to uh our suit actor for hedora ken pechiro satsuma so the really uh it's interesting but it's actually horrible i feel so bad for the man um, so when he was uh, playing Hedorah in suit during production, he was struck with appendicitis during production. So he was in the suit when it happened um, and the doctors had to perform on him. Otherwise he could get really injured, but they couldn't get him out of the suit without hurting him. So the doctors actually performed on him while he was in the suit. Um, and due to the length of the time it took to take off during the operation um, at that day, Satsuma learned that the painkillers they were using had no effect on him. Hmm. So he had to have open surgery in a big, sweaty, gross, pollution-infested suit, and he had no painkillers. 
This guy's a champion. Right? And then, you know what? I want you to know, he went on to be our Heisei Godzilla suit actor after that, too. Guy is <laughs> he a deserves champ. It. Deserves yeah. it. You <laughs> can play Zillana. That's probably like his reward. It was like, all right, so you did that. We're going to give you the role of Zilla now. Yeah, definitely someone I would love to meet. Um, He's getting a little up there now. Um, But if I ever had the opportunity to meet him at like a G-Fest or any, uh, I'd just go to Japan if he's ever at a, a um, like a conference or any of the conventions, I would be so down. Because <laughs> that's Sorry, a legend. You, I like how the kid was like, why not just dry it up? And he's like, yeah. whoa, see, shit. Ken is the, the problem. I'm just saying, like, he's like, why not? why not just like throw some towels on it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, Ken, uh, uh, Ken Pachiro Setsuma, he's only 73. So he's still, we can definitely have it's a chance possible. to meet him. It's so. possible. Uh, unfortunately, Nakajima, our original Godzilla suit actor, passed away in, uh, I think it was 2017, if I'm correct. Yeah, August 7th, 2017, right before, uh, after the 2014 movie but obviously before we saw any of the king of the monsters of those movies so but he is a true legend and he's one of the most wholesome people and the fact that he did all those movies passed the torch to ken pechiro and now he's carrying on the legend i i just think the two of them really make godzilla what it is obviously ashiro honda and subaraya um and ifakube doing the score like those are the big names in godzilla for sure and they'll, they'll never be forgotten and they'll always be loved by people like us because you just can't touch the art they've done. No film ever. You know what I mean? Films at the time couldn't touch the the creativeness and the goofiness and the wholesome heartiness and the fun. And films these days would never even be able to even understand why they would even want that in a movie, let alone be able to do it. This guy's so. legit a Dragon Ball Z fucking villain. Yeah. <laughs> like he has so, so many... many different forms. Like it's God, not even damn. my final form. <laughs> exactly. That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, damn, over nine thousand much or right um, he gets so to fly walk <laughs> swim best of both worlds so we were talking about obviously um our special effects director from all the previous films subaraya did all the showa ones and stuff like that um he also did the ultraman series for those who don't know um so he also did all those series and stuff like that so there's a lot of like nice little nods and respect to subaraya in this film you can tell bono was really a subaraya fan uh and nakano it was as well the guy who was doing the special effects for this one because obviously he was the assistant director of special effects to Subaraya for almost his entire career until this moment I just love how these films are there is some like behind the scenes drama you know especially with Bono and directing and Tanaka but these films are always filled with such love and all of the people behind the scenes are always just for each other you know they do these films because they love it but they love the people who work on them you know what I mean and I could do it without the baby crying. Yeah. You can only see this reminds me of like uh so many like old like uh sitcoms and stuff like that where they do like the multi-TV angles and uh what's the one movie? Uh I think it's the third, yeah, Matrix Revolutions when he goes to meet the architect and it's like the room full of computers. Surprised people didn't have epilepsy or seizures when all this flashiness was going on. I'm about to. So I do love the father relationship we get, father-son relationship we get between Ken and his father in this movie because uh, the parent-child relationships in these movies either seem to be um, not explained well enough or they're in a negative view a lot of the time because obviously parenting was really hard in Japan and some of the lower-income areas because they had to work so much like it was explained in the last film. So I think seeing a, an established family and a good father-son relationship in this 
is really nice of change of pace to see, especially when it's already such a negative movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did really appreciate that. Man, honestly, I would have left Japan years ago. <laughs> you know, and like it's so beautiful. Like, I mean, yeah, for Godzilla, I well, that's there. what I mean. Godzilla's like, I mean, in the there. Godzilla world, like they've dealt with so much shit at this point. Like, leave. <laughs> but it's their home. You know what I mean? Like, if they were, oh, I totally out, get it. But yeah. I'm like, leave. If they weren't forced out by the atomic bombs, they're not going to be forced out by Godzilla. <laughs> I'd have been like, it's yours, bud. <laughs> yeah, have fun. Nah. I. I, I'm not going to lie. If there were monsters in Japan, I would move there. Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> I, I think I would definitely like, I don't, I drop my entire career and I would just go become a biologist and start studying them. Oh, you didn't hear Lucas got eaten last week. Oh <laughs> shit. It's like an attack on Titan thing. I am become the monster. I was consumed his, and now am the monster. <laughs> when's his funeral? I don't know. That depends when Godzilla poops. <laughs> never. I'm inside Godzilla forever. I will never leave. I was waiting for you to be like, he doesn't eat. He only needs radiation. I mean, Come have you ever nerd. seen Godzilla's butthole? I haven't. I've seen a lot of low angles in that booty, and I don't see no genitalia or butthole. Considering he's never been gender uh, identified, he's always an it, right? So, I mean, and he, um, like we were talking about in the last one, he reproduces asexually, so he doesn't need um, a, a mate to produce. So he could not have anything, right? He could throw up the eggs for all we know or like just abort them out of his skin he might grow like a bump and then the bump like a tumor falls off you know that's never really explained the only movie it's ever really explained in on how it happens is in the 1998 godzilla and it's not in continuity and it's terrible so why is there a random band playing so obviously we're going with like the 70s so like these are like the hippie-esque like you know free-spirited teens and they're like well, hey, if the world's going to end, because that's what they were saying on the news, like the world's over, essentially, we might as well go like the way we want. So they're all at this hilltop, you know, living out their last goodbye, having a good time before it's all over, essentially. You know, like the hippie revolution, you know, numbers are going to win. Yeah, Sacrificing. That was the 70s way. You know, if there was an issue or a problem, we all band together and have a movement and celebrate the peace and the good and not spread the negativity. That was what it was about back then. That's how the government got rid of the hippies. Exactly. And then, and then Godzilla saying. came and ate them. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Problem solved. Godzilla loves to eat him some hippies. <laughs> Nixon would be proud. <laughs> the war on drugs has been solved. I just want Godzilla with like Nixon's face now. <laughs> <laughs> but like keep the color and the texture of like the bumpy skin, but just the nose and like his chin. Just and the Godzilla in a like a t-shirt that says vote Nixon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Little flag or I voted Nixon sticker. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> i seen a shirt oh, today no. that was... all his yeah, toys got that. wrecked oh there goes the flowers yep and that this is this is a callback to the original gojira if you remember oh, so you see the fish fucked. yeah so Protect the fish, fish kind of deteriorate and die just like they did in the first one to the oxygen destroyer in um Sirizawa's tank. I like that nice little callback. I thought that was a really nice touch. Respectful for sure. <laughs> the last one was so crap. We got to make this one a good and a nod to the old ones. Yeah, we got to repair what we did. Exactly. So we tried to make a cheap movie. We made money. Now let's make a good one. Here's the band aid. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, try not to rip it off too fast, though. <laughs> but it's true. No other Godzilla film will be like this. This is like the one-off Godzilla film that's a lot like this. For better or for worse after this, they tend to get back into the silliness a little bit. But they, uh, they definitely have their own feel. And the next films are just awesome. We have, I think, four films after this one left. And there are two of them are my personal favorites that I grew up watching. Like I lived and breathed, um, not the next one, um, but the next two after that, Godzilla versus Megalon and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Those are like the two I had on VHS that I wore out as a kid. They were absolutely incredible, which is a shame because the ones I wanted to watch was this one and the next one, but I could never get my hands on them as a kid. And now that I have them, the, this one and the next one are probably my two favorites to watch just because I haven't seen them as much, right? <laughs> I love the walking. Especially with the, the music, right? <laughs> the new music, it kind of makes them a little dopey. <laughs> but see how he's coming towards Ken? See, this leads me to believe, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record here, folks, but I'm telling you, Ken has a telepathic a connection. Telepathic connection. <laughs> it's like Professor Xavier, motherfucker's going to be bald in a wheelchair. Oof. And I like he's how walking. he's glistening. Have you noticed that in that shot? He's like yeah, sparkly yeah. because they're trying to show the mineral angle, right? That's an oh. after effect because he was made out of metals and minerals. So they're saying the bigger he gets, the more like dangerous he'll be, right? I thought he was just a nice moist boy. Thought he was uh, a Cullen and he was in the sunlight. Moist boy. Sparkling like a little vampire. Vagina eyed face. So here, man. I like this. This is the perfect form. So this is our final form of Hedera here. And I like how you see his head now open up and you can see like it inflate and the red colors have really gone red. You notice whenever he's like angry or he's like going after Godzilla, Hedorah's eyes are really red. But when he's yeah. just normal, they're more of like a, a dark beige yellow red. You know what I mean? And then they get bright red when he's like angry. I he's liked how they used his color. Well, because they gave Godzilla so much emotion, right? With him talking and moving or not talking, but moving when talking with his hands. So they had to find some way to make the villain, um, Hedera, kind of have personality as well. And I think him flashing his color like a light display was like a really nice touch. I love how I just overanalyze these movies. Like if you just take them for what they are, they're just quirky, fun movies. And I just like take them way too seriously sometimes. <laughs> but it's a nice angle to look at them, especially when this is like, you know, at least in the past three months, this is probably my 14th watch of this film. So I honestly ridiculous. Yeah. Um, during the lockdown, I, I had all the Godzilla films. I watched these entire series as we're watching it. I know for a fact, start to finish every single one. I've at least watched them all 10 times each at the least. And that's like, you know, 30 some odd movies. So <laughs> that, if that doesn't show my G man love, I don't know what does, you know? So here we get like, you know, we've had fights, but this is like the first official clash here. We've had them roughhousing. Oh, Godzilla got a facial. Yeah, he did. It was I'm a sorry, hot, steamy one. I like how it ruins his eye here. So now Godzilla is blind in one eye. I feel like in this I've one, done I that. like how Godzilla starts to take damage. <laughs> well, on the receiving end or the giving end? Both. <laughs> that a boy. That's what I like to hear. Oh, I got a dog licking my leg as we talk. Sorry. <laughs> Sexy. <right>. Hi, Bruce. <laughs> Everyone, Bruce the Pug says hi. So now we get the first shot. I think that's the first time we see Hedorah use the laser eye beam. I don't think that's been used yet. 
uh, really nice touch. I like how just like uh, I love it when monsters withhold their powers until they need them. Um, really amazing moments. Um, I know in the new legendary movies, they do it a lot with Godzilla. But the one character where I thought it was used the most wasn't actually in a Godzilla movie, but in the Gamera series when Gamera, you know, is just the giant turtle and it's seen breathing fire. And then they finally blow him up and flip him over onto his shell like a turtle. And you think that's how they get him. But then at that moment, you haven't been shown the whole time, but he retracts into his shell and then his shell spins <laughs> and it can oh. fly and shoot like fire out of the, the holes. So it becomes a flying monster. He's literally I, a Dragon Ball Z character. Yeah, I love it when monsters like withhold their powers until they need them because it's just like an animal would, right? Like an animal won't give all its cards away in a fight or in a, a threat display until it knows it needs them. I just Sounds like, like humans. And I think the whole the leveling up thing and like them acting animalistic has a lot to do with the fact like we were talking about earlier when uh, Bono did a lot of films and footage for like whether it be documentaries or informational footage for scientists of filming animals and whales and their natural habitat and doing stuff like that. I so think like, really do they think work. do they think that he's like flammable or something? Well, yeah, because they know at one point like that burning oh, him is. will dry him right. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't know. Oh. Like, are they just whipping fire for shits? And see so what there happens? we get uh, our uncle there. He's just dispatched just like that. So now our uncle's dead. That's okay. We didn't need him anyways. So now, oh, yeah. Everyone's dead. Yeah, they're all dead now. Luckily, Ken's not with them. He got away. The boy I, bailing. Yeah, they're back here still, I believe, because the, the father's there as well. But, you know, Godzilla's not going to let Ken get hurt. Because they've got that telepathic link. <laughs> I'm telling you. Man, watch. He sees Hedora. He's scared in his mind right now. He's a Godzilla. He knows he's coming for him. Oh, nope. Yo, Ken's got balls, though, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely uh, the opposite of the last kid. And here comes Godzilla to save the day. You know, nice shot. The monster walking, and you just see him get cut off by the atomic breath, and you just like... Godzilla's like, oh, I don't think so, buddy. Oh, and then he gets an acid shower. Another cool shot. You see him fly over, the acid drops, and then Hedera comes down. It's a nice way to hide his transformation so it doesn't have to be so sudden. Save on the budget as well. They also make him seem like a... What's his name? A, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. This guy. Anyways, they made him Hedera. seem so much... Yeah, yeah, that dude. Uh, yeah. Made it seem like he's so much more powerful than Godzilla right now, or at least has yeah. the advantage, you know, like they're for once. Because Godzilla is always just like, like smacking. Exactly. Yeah, because usually in the other movies, it's like monsters attacking Earth or the other monsters. When's Godzilla going to show up and finish this guy off? Fair and match. I, oh, so Godzilla just punches him in the side. You see how he's burned down to the bone on his hand? You can actually yeah. see Godzilla's bone on his fingers. Wild. And we do talk, they talk about it briefly in the lab, um, but Hedera's eyes are the source of what it is and its power. Like, its its eyes are it. The rest of its being is just the sludge and the pollution it's using around its body. So that's why when they were talking about it earlier, the eyes are like the pivotal point, which is why Godzilla is trying to go for the eyes. And plus, I like the kind of, you know, an eye for an eye because he blinded Godzilla, so he blinds Hedera. <laughs> I like it. And they kind of square up and like they're like circling each other here. <laughs> the monster fights kind of are slow Push. and a little dragged out in this, but it almost works because like both monsters are inca incapacitated in some way, right? 
I love how he's got the bones on his one hand. I think that's so cool. This guy looks like he got sucker punched in the eye. Like he's got a black eye now. It's all puffed up. Oh, vagina head's mad. (laughs) Look at, he's got only one eye now. So his aim's horrible. He missed. (laughs) That's, uh, that's definitely an advantage. Godzilla. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The drop kick him. Pow. So I want you to know, uh, we were talking about how heavy the suit was. Um, usually these suits weigh around 100, 120 pounds. How much do you think Hedera's suit weighed? 350. That's exactly right. Oh, really? He was 350 pounds. Cool. That's a really good guess. <laughs> just so you all know, Josh definitely didn't look that up because there's no, no way. I he honestly didn't. I just that. guessed 350. <laughs> That's a good guess. <laughs> Yeah, Big he was brain. roughly 350 pounds was the suit uh, suit weight. So imagine that guy being in that suit and then having his uh, his surgery and being in that suit and having to have all that happen in a 350 pound suit, guys. That guy is a champ. So obviously at this moment, Hedra is winning. Like he's beating Godzilla's ass. At this point, Godzilla's burned to a crisp. He's got bone flesh missing out of his hand. He's blind in one eye. And now Hedera is just pumping pollution into his face while he's carrying him across the sky. I like these cuts of like the creepy villagers hiding in the tall grass. They look all om- on like ominous. ominous. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. This drop and roll always reminds me of the scene in King Kong versus Godzilla when they drop Kong on the, the hill and he slides down and takes out Godzilla. <laughs> and this might be another homage to that. You never know with all the rocks falling and, but it's different because Godzilla falls into this pit here. This is a never really to be scene. seen again. <laughs> so Hedder obviously dropped him into the pit on purpose. And the pit is like dug pretty deep. And it's a pretty nasty scene because Hedera just like sludges all over our big G man here. He just pours out of his bottom. It's so gross. It looks like he's pooing. That's essentially what he's doing. At least you know Hedora poops. <laughs> but Ew. if you notice, look at this Godzilla suit. What suit is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, it's the other the son one of Godzilla the wa- suit. Yeah, the water suit. So they probably filmed the water suits, as you can tell, because the suit's really wrecked while it's dry. And then they pour the sludge on it because, like, well, once the sludge is on it, you can't really tell how bad it looks. So this is probably the last scene ever used for this suit. After this, they retired that suit. This is the last movie it was used in. It's final goodbye, which thank goodness. I think he pooped <laughs> all of his poop. Can you imagine how hard it was to move in that suit while covered in all that? Like the suits are heavy enough, right? Not to mention if it was Nakajima in that suit, that suit wasn't built for him. Because it was built for someone taller, as you remember, right? So Yeah, but I mean, it could just be laying on the ground, right? And so you just kind of got to wiggle around. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, wiggling. It'd still be pretty hard to move in, I think. Not as hard as some of the scenes we've watched so far. Yeah, that's true. That's true lasers out of his eye butthole. I like how Hedera couldn't hit Godzilla earlier, but he pones a helicopter out of the sky with ease. It's like Call of Duty. <laughs> ah, he misses that one, though. Hey, helicopter dodge. Must be, um, what's his face? Oh, having a mind fart from uh, the A-team. I don't know. Their helicopter pilot. Ugh, oh, that's going to bother me. Never seen it. 
Uh, oh, you ever seen the A Team? Nah. The TV show with Mr. T and oh, like man. I know who Mr. T is and like I know I know the concept, just never seen it. Uh, I w- I wanted to remember without looking it up, but I'm just gonna have to look up the character's name because I'm not gonna be able to remember it now. It's John Cena, isn't it? <laughs> no, I wish. Because <laughs> it's what there's Hannibal, who's like the main guy. Um, oh, Murdoch. Ali nah. Mad Murdoch, thank you. The reason I should have remembered it is because, you know, Murdoch, Daredevil, Matt Murdoch. That's why I should have remembered it. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, 18 was a good show. I liked it. It was, it was a good show. Not as much as I love these films, but obviously never. I don't think I'd ever love anything film-wise more than I love Godzilla films. And not for, if you ask me what my, what I think the best film is, it's not a Godzilla film, but what my personal favorite is like what I get the most enjoyment out of definitely these films so um, far. I've liked this one. The, yeah. This, this one's one good. Been a really good one. I was trying to stress to Josh because the last couple have been rough. I was like, don't worry the next five. Inc- so five, including this one are solid films. Um, I think only one can be attributed as a lie in that sense. Cause I like the one and it's pretty low budget and bad, but it's got um, it's good. It's good. Uh, it's good in the fact that it's silly. And it brings in a lot of cool characters, but it's definitely like the lowest of the low in the Godzilla films. <sighs> Love that shot. Anytime they use electricity in these movies, it just looks awesome as an extra flair. <laughs> so I love this scene here. So the military has these giant metal sheets, these giant walls set up. And it's kind of like what they had, a bigger version of what they had in his office. So they're going to lure Hedorah Adora, Hedera in between them and then turn on the electricity to fry them. But then they are fighting and they fall and they knock out the electricity tower. So now they have no power to the machines. Should I have backup power? I, well, that's what they're working on. Right what are now. you they're doing? Feeding, see, they're feeding the wires to the other tower. <laughs> like, we got to figure this out. They're like, they heard Josh's request. We got to get on this. Damn right. <laughs> they should have like hospital power. Be like anyone on life support's not on life support anymore. Sorry, buds. <laughs> for the greater mankind I like this shot of <laughs> just Bye. knocked over by Godzilla and just falls on the truck so now they were trying to get to the other power and then they get crushed <laughs> so Godzilla's trying to help them but at that point he didn't <laughs> unit one report I got news for you unit one is done okay well what about unit two I like these like zoomed in shots of Godzilla and Hedera, like all these and like the punch one. I could just take those shots, put them all together and we could make a dope ass rap video. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. Boom. So for the diehard Kaiju fans right there, that was uh, an Ultraman pose. If we notice there, Godzilla does the Ultraman T pose and he used to shoot his beam and uh, it's funny because they talked about it on set. And uh, when Bono and, uh, um, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart on the special effects director of this film all of a sudden. He does them uh, after this. Uh, sorry, guys, one second. Uh, Nakano, they were both talking about it at the time. And they went, well, you know, it'd be a nice homage. You're like, is it silly? They're like, no, keep it in there. And that was kind of like a nice <laughs> homage to Subaraya because Subaraya worked on the Ultraman series as well. So that was like a nice little, like, you know, 
memorial kind of thing to shout out Subaraya because obviously he passed and this was the first film to be in production uh, with him passing because the other one was in production and he was going to pass which is why he wasn't involved um, and they used past footage of his movies while this one was officially done without him so um, Nakano being the assistant to Subaraya for many many years and Bono being a huge fan as well of his work they did that as a nice little homage because obviously Godzilla doing Ultraman was very weird because Ultraman was kind of taking the audience away from Godzilla fans for the longest time. <laughs> but it was a nice little re- to pay respects <clears throat> to the, the living legend himself. I love how they're how they're using the miniatures for this one with the lights. I know it went. It honestly kind of bothered me at first because I was like, well, why would they just use miniatures? Why wouldn't they just film trucks on a forest? But then they do these back shots and I understand they wanted to keep the continuity. They didn't want to have to have multiple trucks. And you'll notice as these films go on, there's not a lot of military footage being used. And a lot of that is because Ishiro Honda didn't do this movie. Um, and he likes to use real military footage and stuff like that. Um, and in the later films, in the Heisei films, they didn't like the way that they portrayed the military. So they were actually asked to stop doing that. <laughs> so for this one being Bono's though, they don't use actual military footage. So I imagine that they just used a lot of miniatures. So they had a lot of miniatures on site. They didn't really have access to big military vehicles for that reason. It's also been super used at this point a lot. Like every yeah. film has been a lot of military or like some little space thing in military. Yeah. Something in military. Hey, Shiro Honda loves his military shots, okay? <laughs> easy to do, easy to reuse. Yeah, exactly. Bing, bang, boom. And if they trash him, it's not a catastrophe. And lots of miniatures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So obviously, after Tanaka walking in um, during that really horrible scene, um, and there's a couple sillier scenes later on that I don't want to spoil for Josh, but we'll point him out when we get to them, like I was saying. But Tanaka and Bono, essentially after this film, after it released um Tanaka went as far as to say um there's there's different like it varies in seriousness of what people say behind the scenes but no matter what the conversation is we know that Tanaka did not like this movie and did not like Bono and at this point he allowed Bono to work on like you know uh, he was doing like second assistant product uh production manager or anything like that he'd be okay or assistant director but at this point Tanaka said never again will you ever be allowed to direct a Godzilla film he hated it that much that he banned Bono from ever directing another Godzilla film, which is funny because Damn. after all these men have passed away and Bono's still going, he produced and actually got officially the kickstart to get the 2014 Godzilla movie made at Legendary because at that point everyone had passed and he owned the majority of the rights to Godzilla. So he was able to green light the movie that got made by Legendary and give America another chance to make a Godzilla film after the atrocious 1998 one. So basically, he just waited it out until it was his time to show. Exactly. And it's not like there's any bad blood. He continued to work with Toho and on Toho projects. Uh, It was just morally like they just didn't like the direction he took Godzilla in this movie. But he lives with no regrets. You know what I mean? Like, um, as we get uh, further on when the other scenes happen, I'll talk more into why he did those scenes and why it really defined his career. <laughs> I love how they use the lights luring the monsters, which I think is another homage to the earlier Godzilla films. Because if you remember in Godzilla Raids again, the second one, yep, that was yep. how they were going to lure Godzilla away with the lights. Yeah. But then those idiots crash into the factory and blow it up and he comes back in Rex's house. <laughs> 
So I like that. It shows one, there's continuity. Like maybe they knew from before that lights attract monsters. And also it's nice homage to the earlier films. Oh, that makes me sick looking up, seeing those guys climbing that tower. There used Which to be again, these toys that you would throw at each other, the little plastic monsters. Oh, yeah. Oh, when I was a kid. Good. And I can't remember what they're called, but that's what this thing reminds me of. Because some were shiny, some were gold, some were like plastic. They were cool. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to remember. Um, I've literally got the name of them here. Hold on. I'll, I'll get them. Hold on. Hold on. Uh uh monsters in my pocket was that it is that oh, what it is no they had like limbs they were the the small stubby ones right yeah no i don't know it was like these little monster things when i was a kid and they just looked like them there was monsters in my pocket which were like little like little figurines and they were just solid colors and they were little and then there's ones that were kind of like blump like little like stubby characters they're more the stubby ones yeah oh what were they called Gonna have to find out what they were called. I love how Tech Dex is one of the the ones here. That's funny. Gotta love Tech Dex. So I'm just looking at old toys at the moment to get this here. So they finally get the electricity going. No help of the military. Godzilla uses his breath to power it, which I think is really cool because it's almost like Godzilla and the military are working together to take out Hedera here. Well, there's some military talk. There you go. <laughs> Tamagotchi's Bop It. <laughs> here we Did go. it. Oh, I love Bop It. Perfection. Furbies. Oh, are you boy. talking about yourself? Sorry, uh, no. you said perfection. No, if I was going to say hungry. More like if I was saying hungry hippos. <laughs> that's a, that's us when we're out to eat oh my god for real friends are scary i forgot about those things <laughs> crazy bones yes crazy bones that's, that's what, what they about. were i got you buddy i would find them eventually <laughs> they're up there with pogs oh yep there's another one of those shots oh video yeah what do you think that is his balls <laughs> he just that's literally the ongoing joke is nope he's got two oh two the ongoing he grabbed joke his balls like, out. it looks like he grabs his testicles because they're they're supposed his to boobs, be his eyeballs they're his eyeballs is okay. what bono because officially said is that they're his eyeballs Oof. but they look like testicles you're completely right that was a nut sack and a half <laughs> So I love how he fries them, but it doesn't make sense that they're his, they're his eyeballs because, you know, once his eyeballs are destroyed, he'd be nothing, right? Yeah. You'd think. I got news for you. This ain't the end of Hetera. So that can't be right. <laughs> no, it's all ashy. I like how his hand is no longer uh, a bone. Bone and whatnot. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> Bad little continuity error there, but that's okay. He just throws the dust. <laughs> Yay! It's like when you throw confetti. All right, nap time. He's like, I win, bye. <laughs> but we, we know that can't be the end. That wasn't very climactic. <laughs> and he just hits a rock and then boom! The inner side of Hedera that's still alive. Here we go. This is the one and only moment, folks. This is a big one. Godzilla takes flight. What the fuck? <laughs> 
this was the moment Tanaka. This is the reason Tanaka really hated Bono for this. I I, I agree. I I, I see so it. Godzilla no, tucks his tail up this? and he uses his atomic breath to fly to catch <sighs> up with Hedera. <laughs> and the music accompanying it, it's just like dun 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 dun. dun. Why like a, is this a thing? He's catching up to Hedera though. Look at the shot. Terrible. I could watch this over and over again. I never get I like how he knocks him out to watch. Dome. <laughs> now I, I want you to know he filmed that part and Tanaka went, no way. We're not doing that. So they filmed an extra shot of Godzilla chasing Hedera on the ground, but obviously the Hedera suit couldn't move that well, so it didn't really look that great. So they're like, yeah, just use the flying scene, whatever, because they already filmed it. <laughs> so as we were talking about Yoshimitsu Bano, obviously he said he lives no regrets. He lives so much no regrets about this film that he wrote a book on his life and his experiences. And it, the title of the book is Why I Let Godzilla Fly. <laughs> like i needed an entire book yeah, like why i chose to let godzilla fly hell yeah i love it but see i do love how you were talking about earlier like when you're saying how header like definitely had the advantage over godzilla and it was like a lot different from the other films and then you just slowly watch godzilla learn how he works and you, you see him overcome those issues you know what i mean it's uh, and now he's just kicking his ass, and I love it because we get the 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 struggle, the hero struggle. Because our obviously our main protagonists aren't having any struggle right now. They were for, there for half the movie, and then for the rest of this film, they just disappear, and it's all about Godzilla. <laughs> we have full power again, idiot! It's too late. <laughs> no, it's not because now Godzilla picks up Hedera and flies back. <laughs> this movie is just ridiculous. Oh my gosh. And see, every movie has to have a you had moment. Me. I was going to say, you had me, and then you lost me real fucking quick. <laughs> oh, but it's great. You can't even be mad at that scene. It's just... It's can just I, Are you sure on that one? <laughs> Godzilla Listen, just fucking If you can respect, as we'll see in the next couple films, if you can respect the Godzilla dropkick, you can respect the Godzilla flight. No, I want a powerbomb. Uh, you might, I mean, you don't see a power bomb, but at one point in the Millennium series, we get a Godzilla frog splash, <laughs> and it's awesome in all of its glory. Because in the I Millennium series, Godzilla's as thick and big as he ever was, and he just full out body slam frog splashes somebody. So it's basically, awesome. after COVID, yeah, because <laughs> like eating and whatnot, just being chunky boy. Yeah, <laughs> he's just gate all the way. Now what? We blew a fuse. You bumbling fools. <laughs> I love the comedic like um, angle that that military sergeant gets. It's almost like he's like gonna cry. It's so funny. <laughs> he's like, "Why? <laughs> Nothing's going right and everything's going wrong. It's a good thing Godzilla is doing everything because we suck." <laughs> I have to agree. It hasn't really worked out for the humans. No, not at all. A bunch of them died, and they're just praying that Godzilla helps. Luckily, Ken's got that telepathic connection to Godzilla, so he can kind of tell him what to do, you know? <laughs> I'm going to fry him twice this Yeah, time. he's got to fry Just him to twice. Sure. Well, hey, if he had four forms, he's going to have four deaths, right? Fair enough, fair enough. Like cats, nine lives, nine deaths. Sounds four like lives, four deaths. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so I love that. Now he's like, okay, last time I did this, though, you didn't stay dead. 
So he like squats down. And then he just starts ripping them apart. I love it. This is probably one of the best endings. He's like, I see you. I see you. You're still alive. Okay. I see how it is. And now we get the theme song (laughs) from the the beginning. Just like a guy under there just wiggling around under a tarp. Yep, probably. I imagine that that there's someone underneath there handing, like Godzilla just puts his arms in Nakajima, and then they put the stuff in his hands so he doesn't have to find it. That's probably exactly what they're doing. And that scene's a separate shot, obviously. Because the eye holes on the suit are pretty low, so he can probably see in there a bit. And he starts punching him in the ground. <laughs> He's having a tantrum. He's like, I am not letting this bitch get away again. He's like, I'm blind. I'm bleeding. I have half a face. My hand hurts. I just <laughs> used all of my breath to fly my fat ass through the air twice. And all of your military people suck. <laughs> Always saving the day. Just I love this. Dick. Still not done yet. And he burns it all to crisp one last time. See, Godzilla understands double tap. You got to make sure they stay down. Other than he's in it, too. So technically he would die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think he's uh, gone for now. I'd, I'd hope so. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. That's a and wild movie. I feel like this suit, uh, at this point, this is when the suits really start to look like the suits I remember as a kid. Um, being the next couple show films are the ones I very much remember because that was when they were starting to get more North American releases. And for better or for worse, I think it's when the Godzilla suits looked the best. Like the first one looks great, but only because, I mean, it's in black and white and the way they shot it. I mean, if you shot that suit in full light, it doesn't look as good as it does in black and white, obviously. I love how Godzilla stares at them and recognizes the human existence. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, he's like, I helped you. Now you leave me alone. (laughs) And he goes back to doing his thing, which I think only furthermore proves that Ken has a telepathic connection with Godzilla because he was like, thank you for helping. Now leave because his family's there with him. So I love it. I love how the the human story is just there enough to be involved in the plot. And then when the monster action comes in, like they're like, all right, d- dispatching them. They just kill the the uncle and the aunt. And then it's just left. And it, those were her brother. You think they'd be more distraught about their death, but no. Nah. So nah. she goes. He's like, yeah, all the kids. He was point. just a, a hippie, druggy, bar loving kid who left my kid at an amusement park and dipped. <laughs> feel like they're everyone's just used to it you'd be like well when godzilla comes we might lose a family member we might not i like the matte painting they use for this background here because obviously that's just a painting of the sky you can really tell when he's walking along up there i wonder if that mannequin was supposed to be a mannequin or if they were trying to say that that was a human (laughs) there's just like a mannequin floating in the polluted water waste of a mannequin yep I don't know the clock floating in the polluted water there. I don't know if that was supposed to be. I mean, it would have been a dead on reference to the bombings if it was at the same time the bombs dropped. But there being a clock floating in the the muck there, I don't know if that was an homage to that or not. But still a good shot. And of course, like every Godzilla movie, we have to have a a cheesy wave goodbye to our, our fellow kaiju and remaining cast. 
Bye. <laughs> Bye, Ken. Talk to you in your dreams. Godzilla is Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I'll see you in your dreams. <laughs> now, is that is that the mom or the aunt with him right now? The aunt? So she did live. It was just the uncle guy who died. So her boyfriend died. She don't even care. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, because the other mom was wearing something different, I think. Yeah. It's hard because the other aunt was like always wearing makeup or some crazy getup for most of it. So I never got a chance to see her face too on the nose there. And we get Godzilla walking away with our classic happy ending. All right, Josh, what'd you think of this one? I liked it. It was right? uh, better than the last few, I guess. Yeah. And honestly, they only go up in quality from here from now on. I'm serious. All right, I'm into so it. Good. I'm into it. <laughs> because the next four movies are just great. They're like, they're uh, either on par with this one. one. They're on par with this one or better. And then the Heisei films for better or for worse. Some people love them. Some people hate them. They're more serious. So I tend to like them for their own reasons. The Heisei series is probably my favorite because I think it was when the practical effects got to the point where they were the best, but they haven't started using CGI yet. So it's like really the top notch, but it's not super high anymore. So it's definitely got a different angle. But like we were talking about last time, they pulled the Halloween thing where they kind of pretend everything after the first film and so on, whatever didn't happen. Then they continue it again. Yeah. So it's I like that approach a lot. So, yeah, for better or for worse, guys, the weirdest we went from the worst to the weirdest, but the weirdest is definitely one of the best. <laughs> 13. There we go. The big 13. We got a couple more here um, for those who like amusement parks. The next one, we get to visit a Godzilla amusement park. Jesus. How exciting does that have? That should get you folks excited. So the next film we'll be doing is, of course, for all those fans that know, the wonderful, the one, the only Godzilla versus Gigan, which features one of Josh's favorite monsters. So I'm sure he's going to love it. It sure does. Thank uh, you. And I believe it is the last time Ghidorah makes an appearance in the Showa era. And then you won't get Ghidorah until the Heisei era in all of Bullshit. his glory, rebuilt, remastered, and in his best form. So there's literally a movie in the Heisei series called Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. And it is probably one of the best in that series. It's crazy. Yeah. You're going to love it. I'm in. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but as always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any, as always, if you have any fun, cool facts while you were watching along that we didn't mention, please reach out to us. We always love to hear more fun facts behind these films because outside of this podcast, we are always on forums talking and talking to our friends and spreading the Godzilla and Kaiju love and knowledge. Uh, as always, it's been Lucas and Josh, and uh, we will see you next time for Godzilla versus Gigan. Take care, y'all. Bye.